Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Come out and people are just snacking. What you having? What is? What are you having? It's just an open grocery bag too, which makes it extra suspect. Cause it's not like it's a plate that I can tell pizza used to be on. Can I creep closer? What you got in there? What if it's just empty? That would. What would be weirder than that? Oh, what is it? Oh yeah, cupcakes. Uh, no, I'm chill. Thank you so much. Um, where did you get those that they came in a bag like that? some bougie wine store and then they were just like here's a full inappropriate paper bag like a huge one you guys are living a serious life let's hear it for those gals they're living a serious life oh hello how are you doing yes okay are you guys an adorable family is this an adorable family right here? Yes, I can see, you know what's amazing? Not just similar face shapes, identical glasses shapes. You guys are all like long and broad. Short though, short in this way. Do you guys understand, do you guys know about glasses shapes? What is this, a glasses shapes? Crowd, there's round. That's one. Ray-Ban, that's a type of glasses shape. <laughs> I'm Cameron Esposito, I'm your host. You can clap for me, you don't have to feel weird. And hey, there's a bunch of great comics right backstage and they're gonna do an amazing job. Let's hear it for them, let's hear it for them. Oh boy, I was, uh, gone. I was gone last weekend. Um, my co-host, Rhea Butcher, she, she took on the show solo and tonight I'm just here solo, so... Um, n- number one, I missed you guys. I missed you. Oh, thank you so. That was sweet. What is? I love that. That's your guys' response. You weren't here. Like this audience wasn't here, but that felt personal to you, and that just speaks to my talent in connecting with an audience. Really, oh my God, she missed me. I wasn't even here. She anticipated me in the future and missed me ahead of time. What the hell? This woman's fucking amazing. You might hear other words like that. Um, <laughs> I was in New York and then Seattle, right, right next to each other. I did that right in a row. I, did, I went from L.A. to New York and then Seattle. So that wasn't the smartest travel setup I've ever thought of in my life. Those are not uh, trippingly close to one another, I wouldn't say. Uh, it's a, quite a bit of traveling in an airplane, but guess what? Guess what, guys? Okay. What a weirdly responsive crowd. Not so much laughing, but just like definitely asking questions. Definitely feeling missed. You guys are like, oh, well, we're not, I don't know that we're gonna laugh that much, but like we're interested. Um, On the way to New York, I was flying there to do a fundraiser and the fundraiser was sponsored by American Airlines. And so I flew 
uh, on American, and they put me in um, super first class. Has anybody here ever flown super first class? You know the kind I'm talking about with the bed. There's a bed. You just get on a plane, and everybody else goes to a seat, and they go, here's your bed. It takes up a fifth of the plane. You have a king-size bed. Here's a bed. Well, we got you a bed. Yeah, it's a full bed. And it also, like, the, the buttons are not intuitive. And I know this sounds like a visual gag from a very bad buddy cop movie, but I did, like, zoom up and down with legs going up and then just never asked a question because I'm not fucking weak. I'm not going to ask. I just rode in a bed that was constantly moving up and down in different unhelpful ways. Boy, do they treat you nice if you're in super first class. It's uncomfortable. It's not actually, it's actually too much. I, I, a woman uh, who is an adult, who has a job, she was a flight attendant, and she walked over to me and said, you know what, I'll take that apple core. And then she just held out her hand. (laughs) That was after I'd already been served like 12 meals. Like, more than I've ever eaten. And I just put an apple core into, like, a 45-year-old woman's hand. Because I actually felt like it would have been worse to be like, no, I've got it. Where am I going to put it? What's going to happen? She's just going to have to dig it out later. But, like, in normal sections of the plane, they have, like, a bag, and they're just like, gross, put it in here yourself. But in super first class, they're like, whatever you need. I'll eat the apple. Give the core to me. Put the core anywhere you want. It's up to you. (laughs) Scoot over. That's why there's a bed. (laughs) So that was uncomfortable, but very awesome as well. You got a personal TV. It is very large. It pops out at your face. You can just press a button and bloop. And it's... uh, Anyway, we all need to be doing better financially than we're doing, is my point. (laughs) Because that was a great experience, and I had never flown super first class, and now I'm going to be upset every time I ride an airplane for the rest of my life. Because that was the way to do it. Never again. Probably. I don't know how much my plane ticket was. I do know that that charity probably... <laughs> that seems counter... Anyway. Um, they're raising money for equal marriage, and I am gay, so... I deserved it. (laughs) New York! New York! New York! What are you doing? (laughs) You're perfect, New York. You're perfect! Every time I've been to New York, the first time I ever went to New York, I took a train into the city, I exited out of the train station, and I walked into a bagpipe parade. It was a Scottish parade. There was an entire two blocks surrounding us that were blocked off. There were people wearing matching kilts in groups. I'm talking about, like, dozens of different clans all piping and warming up for this parade, and Sean Connery was just standing there because he was going to be the grand marshal of this parade. And that's the first time I went to New York, and every time you go to New York, that's what New York is like. You're always just like a full parade of bagpipes, and nobody else is here? Where am I? New York. This is where I am. I'm in New York. I got there. I landed at 8. I texted a friend of mine. I said, I know you're in town for one night. I'm in town for one night. 
what are you doing? He said, I'm going to a party, but it starts at one in the morning. I said, already? What a fucking crazy place. What a crazy place. That's not when you start a party. What are you talking about, New York? I got to the party at one o'clock in the morning. I didn't know where I was going. I just went to a party to meet my friend. Now, here's the thing. I don't want to be like, well, I'm trying to figure out if I actually say whose party it was because I'm not trying to be name dropping here. It's just weird when you show up at a party and it's one o'clock in the morning. So it was somebody's birthday party. And uh, it was a... A per, a per, it was a, well, I'm not even going to say. It was, a, it, was a, it was a famous person's birthday party. I didn't realize that's where I was going. Uh, the, where was their birthday party? It was at an underground strip club. Of course it was. It's just like a door, you just knock, and you have to wait for one and a half hours after you knock, and then you go in, and then there's just naked women in there, full naked, full naked, and they drink cups of each other. Yep, I don't know what that means, but I saw it. <laughs> This, my friend that I met, he is 60. We're, we're not 60, maybe 55. We're really good friends. He's not a super young man, but he was just like, yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, three. Uh, it's, actually, the, this is uh, pretty early for the uh, women to be drinking each other. <laughs> New York, that usually doesn't have till five. I just left, and there was just still a ton of people. Like, I didn't leave because I was just tired, and I was like, oh, I think I've already seen... I think the apex of the party has already happened. So I left, and then you just walk outside, and it's just, it's just not... It's not the city that never sleeps. It's like the city that's just like on their way to who knows where. <laughs> where are you going at 3.30 in the morning? Why do you have a backpack? <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like ruffians that are out. It's people that are like, I got some work to do. I'm just going to go to the coffee shop. What coffee shop is open? All of them. It's New York. <laughs> I went to Seattle right after that, and I did uh, some shows there. And Seattle is uh, Seattle is interesting. Uh, I like it a lot. I've I've been there many times. I used to be a circus ringmaster. Yep. And um, <laughs> one time I lived for a month in somebody's prop closet while I hosted their Greek myth themed circus <laughs> in a public warehouse space. Yeah. That's how you get this haircut. Just a little bit of that, a little bit of that. I lived in their, I lived in their costume closet with uh, their cat. <laughs> I'm really allergic to cats, but they were like, that's where he lives! Anyway, that's the thing with circus people. They don't care if you are allergic to their cats. Anyway, one of my circus friends came to my show. It was very fun to see her. She had a new boyfriend. God, it's so weird to go out with people when they have new, when they're in new relationships. She's very nice. But you know, have you ever like made plans with somebody and then they text you back, we? Like, she was like, oh, you know, do you want to have a brunch tomorrow? And I said, yeah, sure. And then I get the next text was, the next text was, okay, we'll pick you up at one. And I have no idea who she's talking about. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I guess you will. <laughs> So just get in the car with her and this guy, whoever this guy is, this new guy, I've never met this guy, and we go, uh, we go have brunch together, and it's the two of them sitting on the, and you know what, I asked them, I asked them, I was like, are you guys, do you want to sit on the same side or opposite each other? And they said, oh, we're still on that same side of the, of the table part of the relationship. I was like, oh, that's the gross part. That's, the, that's disgusting. You don't need to be putting your hands in each other's anything. Uh, and it rained in our eggs. We, they sat us outside, and then it started to rain. And, the, and we, we had to seek cover. It was raining very hard. And then the server just brought our eggs in. It was like, oh, do you guys... So here you go. 
Um, and that's, that means you lived in Seattle too long. <laughs> We're just like, these are still good. These are this rainy thing, this rainy pile. I got brought you this. And uh, in case you want to eat it, no, we don't want to eat that at all. Thank you so much. <laughs> and the final thing I'll say is that my, I, have a personal, I have a personal hero, like probably my biggest hero in the whole world. Uh, is a man named Dan Savage. You guys know Dan Savage? You guys know who I'm talking about? He writes a, uh, he writes a sex advice column called Savage Love. And um, he, he's a... You know, when I was coming out, I didn't know any gay people. I really didn't. I was dating a woman, and she ended up being gay as well. Um, but... <laughs> at the time, I just didn't know any gay people. I didn't know who to talk to, and I didn't have any reference point for what was going on. So I would read his column. I started reading his books, and I've followed his career ever since. You know, So for the last, like I would say, 13... 14 years he's been one of the biggest influences in my life and in my life and I just think he's an amazing dude and I think he's accomplished so much and a couple of like a year ago I started writing essays and some of them were published on like the advocate or on the AV club and what I noticed one time was that uh, they had been linked to by Dan Dan had written about them in his column and he linked to my piece which is nuts if you find out like your biggest hero is reading your stuff that's that you I had to like take I had to I actually just was like <laughs> I had to take the day off uh, and, um, and then immediately begin working to see what other heroes I could get on my side. I, I lied to you and I was like, I had to take the day off. That's not me at all. I'm like, who else? But he came to the show. He came to see me perform stand-up comedy. He came to see the show and I could see him in the audience the whole time and he was laughing his head off, which is like a dream come true. I had a great set and I was performing for my hero and then afterwards like I waited around and he came up to me and he was just like, you know, hey Cameron, I'm just like so good, I finally got a chance to see your set. I think you're you know you're doing a great job. And I said like <laughs> You always think you're gonna be cool. He's already seen me. He's on board. You always think you're going to be able to just deliver. I don't know what I thought I was going to say. You know, you always think you're going to be amazing. But it always ends up like this conversation I had with my, with my neighbor not too long ago. I have this very attractive gay male couple that live across the hall from me. They're beautiful. They look amazing. <laughs> and one morning, one of them was uh, walking. I caught him. Not caught him, but he was... I caught him. He was walking up the stairs to his apartment from our laundry room shirtless. And uh, he said, oh, I just got done with a tough mutter. I don't know what that means, but I was like, cool. Um, but I didn't say cool. This is what I said. Let's all take our shirts off. I don't know why I said that. I didn't mean it. I didn't really want to take my shirt off. It's just sometimes when you're confronted with too much good, you just can't figure out how to process it. You say something completely off base. Let's all take our shirts off. That's not what I said to Dan, but it's, like, not that far off. <laughs> and I just... God, I hope someday I'm cool. I hope someday I figure out how to just be like... See ya. You know? And you know what that was? That was me tracing his abs. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> okay, you guys are great. What a lovely crowd. Uh, you can clap for me if you want to. You don't have to feel weird about that. Hey, uh, this... Now, this, this comment coming up next is she is amazing. We love her so much on this show. God, you guys are going to love her, too. Let's hear right now for Aaron Foley. Give it up for Aaron Foley. Come on. Hey. Good times. Yeah. 
Cameron. Cameron is cool because she just said uh, she said the sentence. One of my circus friends. I mean, I think we all wanted to say that once in our life, you know? Just that like a, just good. All right, good. Uh, when you're out to dinner, you're like, one of my circus friends. I mean, all right, good. Uh, excited to be here. Uh, okay, let's just get right into it. These are short sets. We have no time to mingle. Glad you guys are all doing well. Um, movies, summer movies. Keep going. Uh Here's the thing. I feel like there's a new trend in movies these days. It seems like every single movie is now inspired by true events, based on true events, right? Which is fine if it's like Captain Phillips or Argo or something like that, where I don't think it's appropriate, where I see all the time horror films. Ho, ha, no. Horror films. There... I mean, this happens all the time. There's one that's not even out yet. I just saw this billboard. It's like, deliver us from evil... All right, it's about just normal people. You and I walk down the street, we get possessed by the devil. And then the tagline is inspired by the actual accounts of an NYPD sergeant. No, how about no? How about life is too fucking hard already? I can barely get out of bed every day. It's like hurricanes and tornadoes and mass shootings and flesh-eating viruses and cancer and Republicans. There's so much crap out there. Oh, heads up. Oh, uh, demons. Hey, look out for those demons. No, no, I'm not going to be... I can't handle this news. It's too stressful. All those movies, I don't know. I don't know who can do horror films. I can't do horror films. It's the same movie. It's just the person that always gets possessed by the devil. It's a little girl. It's always a little girl who gets possessed by the devil. I don't know if they have crappy immune systems. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> always get possessed. It is a good, it's good for casting though. They're super creepy. You know what I mean? Like if you or I were walking down the street and some dude walked up to you and he's like, I'm going to rip out your soul. You'd be like, whatever, asshole. Keep it moving. <laughs> You'd just be annoyed. You'd be like, ah, it's hot outside. Just get out of here. <laughs> Little girl comes up to you and her eyes roll back and she's like, I'm going to rip out your soul. You'd be like, yes, you are. Yes, you are. I can't even make, I, I'm just, I'm dead. I'm already dead. I'm already, already dead. Uh, I went to lunch today with, uh, I guess, what could be considered a, a former friend. Uh, I, had a, I had to cut her out. I had to cut her out about 2 o'clock today because... She, the lunch ended at 1.45. At 2 o'clock, I was like, I'm done. Um, she's into CrossFit. She's into CrossFit. Uh, she's, a, she's a former CrossFit. What, what's, what, why? Calm fucking down with the CrossFit. Here's the thing. I like to work out. I play basketball and gay stuff my whole life. And, uh, cause I'm gay and we're sporty. And, uh, I, I consider myself a good athlete. No, apparently not. Apparently, if you're not doing CrossFit, you're an obese woman that can be, I don't know, anchored out of the house. I don't even know what I'm saying. It's a new bit. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's like, it's like a cult. It's like, she's, I just felt like she was going to be like, there's a meeting. Here's some pamphlets. Like, calm down. She's just like, Aaron, Aaron, you, I was like, I work out. It's totally fine. She's like, no, you don't understand. It's the, it's, 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 it, it combines everything. It combines everything in 20 minutes. It combines everything. It's cardio and weightlifting and boxing and kickboxing and soccer and hockey and football and equestrian and hunting and gathering and sharpshooting and childbirth. It's everything in 20 minutes. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It changes your body, Aaron. Aaron, it changes your body. I have muscles on the back of my knee. I'm like, that sounds horrifying. 
I could do an underwater workout for about an hour and a half without any apparatus on me. What? That doesn't even make sense. I, it's uh, Aaron. Before Crossway, I weighed, I, I weighed 300 pounds, and now I'm a wear panther. What? What are you fucking? Anybody watch True Blood? That was it. That was a, that was something I wrote in the car. I thought it could be funny. All right, don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. I do think eventually, though, that line will work because it's a it's a wear panther. Last night that joke was I, I before crossword I was four hundred pound man and now I'm a hundred twenty pound lady and I was like that's kind of funny but you know what's funnier wear panthers. <laughs> you guys working some stuff out working some stuff out. The good thing is this is being recorded it'll be forever on the interweb. Let's talk about sports. I uh, I love sports. I'm a crazy crazy sports fan. Uh, you got sports fans? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, good. A lot of enthusiasm for sports. Uh, I, here's the thing. I watch everything. Like, I literally watch everything. And when you start watching the sports across the board, you realize athletes are very religious, you know? As soon as they hit, like, the home run or the touchdown, whatever, they're always pointing to heaven. They point to heaven, kiss the hand, point to heaven. Totally, totally fine. I just think one time it would be amazing if they pointed to hell. <laughs> just to see if anyone's paying attention, just to shake some stuff up, you know what I mean? game-winning touchdown they just spike the ball and they're like yes 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 just see how the announcer try to deal with that moment you know she's like uh, uh a, a great game out there martin that was amazing uh, you guys came back from a, a 20 uh, point deficit uh, how do you feel right now well first of all i like to give all honor thanks and glory and praise to the great dark lord whom all things are possible <laughs> right no yeah no yeah yes uh you had 13 catches for 180 yards. How do you feel, uh, you know, what do you attribute to the success of this victory? Well, Lucifer, for sure. Yes. Oh, my God. He's an amazing motivator. He was in my ear the entire game cheering me on. Just like, score a fucking touchdown or rip out your fucking lips. The middle of the field's open. Let's do this. That usually is a higher applause. It's okay. We'll go out of here. 30 seconds. I have 30 seconds. Uh... Here's my thing. It's, it's uh, July. I kept one New Year's Eve resolution, and that was to make more money. That was my whole thing. I was like, I'm going to be more financially successful, more financially stable. And for me, that definition isn't uh, houses or cars or anything like that. My definition of financial success is to hand over my credit card with full confidence. <laughs> Something I have yet to achieve in my life. I will literally go out to dinner. I'll hand over my credit card. I'm like... I don't know. I don't know. It could go either way. I really don't know. Like, I feel pretty good, but I could have shopped at Target last month. Anything's possible. And you're just sitting there sweating it out. You're like, oh, shit, I should have had a play on me, you know? And you're just waiting for the waitress to come back. You're like, does she look positive? Does she look excited? And she puts down the check. She's like, thank you so much. It's like, yes, papa, live for another day. Pay it later. You guys are great. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. It's called Lady with Pockets. You can grab that on iTunes, and you should. Hey, also, let's keep the show right on rolling. Now, this next comic, what a good friend of the show. He also just, well, he'll tell you more about what he just completed because it's a big achievement in his life and also all of our lives. Let's hear Renoa from Hot Tub and just Comedy Central. Just every, he's from everything. Let's hear from Mr. Kurt Broneler, guys. Give it up for Kurt. <laughs> Keep it going for Cameron, everybody. 
So, first of all, congratulations on completing your crazy jet ski Thank adventure. You very much. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. I was watching so much of it via Instagram. I know many people were. We were all talking about it here. You know, like LA Comics were all just like, <laughs> Kurt, what is he up to next? So, you were taping tonight also. Yeah, so, I, just, I was just trying to get a tape for late night. Because you're like, on the move right now. I mean, it's always about the next thing, right? I, mean, I go to I go to Chicago for the month of July. For the whole month. What are you yeah, doing out there? Shooting a movie. What? Yeah, called B roll. That's amazing, yeah, buddy. I'm excited. Oh man. Yeah. Like well, to hang out with you one time before you go. Yeah, and exactly. Then you'll be out of here. Well, Chicago's a great place for you. I know. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to be in the suburbs the whole time, shooting probably 15 hour well, days. Go hang out with my parents. All they right, live great. there. They'll they'll totally come and yeah. just hang out on set. Yeah, hang out on set like in a really that would be cool. almost too close yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. love that. It's really fantastic. <laughs> um, when does your half hour come out? Do you have July 25th. July 25th. So people should also watch that on Comedy Central. Yeah, Comedy Mid- Midnight on July 25th. Awesome. And then in September, the um, roused about the whole show about my trip will come out. And where does it come out? Uh, It'll come out online. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm sure all these people will follow up with you, because you have many great things happening, and you'll continue to. Okay, bye-bye. Love you. Love you, too. <laughs> all right, shake it off. I got my tape. That was all for tape. That wasn't my act. That was Bill Cosby's 1975 act. Oh, now I can relax, guys. Whew. Now let's get into my real act. Well, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just fucking around. That's not my act. What if it was just to shit on a stool? That was my real act. I memorized someone else's act to get a great tape of it and then just shit on a stool for seven minutes. Fucking beautiful. No, I, uh, I did... What Cameron was talking about is I... Uh, so last year I did this thing where I, ra- I, I ran a Kickstarter to uh, raise uh, $6,000 so we could write a joke in the sky. And, um, and we did it. We raised $6,000, which I realize is a lot of money... Like, you could probably, like, get you out of debt or, like, cure, like, a super easy-to-cure disease. Um, but we, uh, we used it to skywrite in the sky over, L- over L.A., how do I land? Um, and we did that. That, re- that is real. That's real. So I wanted to know, like, because I, lo- I love this idea of, like, inserting stupid moments into the world because I think they make the world a bit of a better place. And I was like, what is a thing I could do that's super stupid and then actually makes the world better? And so three weeks ago, I jet skied from Chicago to New Orleans. Uh, and I'm s- that's first off, yes, what? And I did that in order to raise money to send 500 goats and 1,000 chickens to Africa. Thank you very much. Somebody understands that charity. Uh, but it's still going on, so you guys can still donate. We only raised enough money for 220 goats. We got 30 days left, all right? So please go and donate. And it was crazy. Like, I didn't really, like, when I thought it up, I, my first plan was like, oh, let's, I'll just jet ski from uh, L.A. to New York. And they're like, that's impossible. And I was like, I don't understand geography. Uh, <laughs> And then, we, like, I was like, we could do Chicago to New Orleans, but I didn't really look at a map or anything like that, uh, to the point where, like, we had a Marine crew that was, like, supposed to just take care of me, uh, make sure I don't die. Uh, the, an hour and a half into the trip, we leave Chicago Navy Pier. It's so great. Just like, wow, I'm taking off. I immediately get into a lock, which means, uh, it's a, in case you don't know, it's a water elevator that takes a fucking hour. And there's 22 of them between Chicago and St. Louis. <laughs> Hadn't looked at a map, didn't know that. And 
So definitely not making it to St. Louis on that first day. And then we ran out of gas an hour and a half in. And uh, that was a chase boat that ran out of gas. I was just on fumes. But when a boat runs out of gas, it's not like when a car runs out of gas and it just kind of stops. No, a boat runs out of gas and it just drifts into danger. (laughs) And we're on the Illinois River at this point, which is like the water is what the way I would describe the water is like, imagine like a porta potty at Bonnaroo. Uh, Like around midnight, and everybody's been eating a ton of mushrooms, and their stomachs are upset. So they have been shitting in that porta potty for 12 hours in the heat. That's what the Illinois River's like. It's just eight foot walls on either side, just an industrial canal. No one goes on it, it's just barges and me. And then we have to get this PA to literally buy gas cans at a Sears, fill them up at a a gas station, and there's nowhere to get him to just physically give the gas to us because there's eight-foot walls on this industrial canal. So he has to jump a fence and then, like, run through a field, like, ruled by rats, and then stand on the edge of an eight-foot wall and throw gallons of gas down to us where we then fill up our, our, like, machines. And then that day, this is just the first day, guys. This is four hours in. And I'm like, this is a fucking terrible idea I came up with. And we have to eventually crash land because we can't get the boats out of the water because there's just these eight-foot-tall walls on either side. And so we end up at a... The only place that's not even a boat launch. It's just where the the water becomes shallower to then dirt uh, is uh, an abandoned grain factory or grain silo. They don't create grain. They harvest, that was a stupid thing for you to say. Um, They harvest it and they store it somewhere in a silo, okay? So don't say grain factory anymore. Uh, It was an abandoned grain silo that looked like what, the only thing I could describe it as is a nightmare factory. Um, It looked like the place that uh, childhood dreams, like where, where children's fears get ground up into a fine powder and then blown into children's mouths while they sleep. That's what it looks like. And in fact, I found four, four raccoons in a circle Dead. It curled up, just curled like they had chosen. Like they're like, it's all our times. Like the elders of the raccoon clan were like, we're all going to die tonight. And then they like made their trek. It took them three days to get there and then curl up so their nightmare could be added to the nightmare factory. It's really horrible. <laughs> and then uh, what else do we do? I, I, can't, I don't even have enough time to do a joke. I'm just going to keep talking about this. Uh, we, uh, I met a girl who uh, was graduating high school that day in, uh, in Illinois, and I uh, gave her a ride on a jet ski to her high school graduation. That was pretty awesome. We uh, formed a jet ski gang in Kentucky called the Wet Ones. Um, and we had leather jackets and everything. Uh, and they said, Wet Ones, that live free, die moist. Uh, <laughs> And then we had to do, like, a a show at a biker bar at noon. That was horrifying, like a stand-up show. Ooh, that was the man named Big Bear was the main guy. First thing he says to me when I walk up is he just says, I like jokes with the N-word in them. And he definitely didn't say the N-word. And the second thing he said to me was, you know, we've been sitting here and we haven't had a drink yet. It's 11.30. And I was like, well, we'll get you some drinks. We'll get you some drinks, Big Bear. Sorry, Big Bear. Uh, Big Bear had a a tattoo of a... a, um, of a spider web on his face. Um, just that, you know, just like going for it. <laughs> he was really going for it. And uh, let's see what else happened. Uh, all right, I'll just tell three short jokes and I'll get out of here. Um, really short jokes. 
Hey, ever, uh, ever go to somebody, use somebody's bathroom at their house and feel the thickness of their toilet paper and think, oh, looks like somebody's doing fucking well. <laughs> Tangerines for when an orange is just too much. I always smile at drug dogs at the airport because we might be on opposite sides of the issue. We, we both get excited when we smell drugs. <laughs> I fucked that up because I, you know, but pretty good. I got to get out of here. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. You guys, Kurt Bronner, one more time for Kurt. Also, uh, if you're listening and you want to support his dream of sending all those goats to Africa, uh, you, it's an Indiegogo campaign, so just go on there and, ser and uh, search for Jet Ski for Goats, and you should. Shouldn't we all do that? Don't you think so? And also, I understand some of you guys are probably like, why is she talking about people listening to this show? Did you know not only is this an amazing live show, but it's also a podcast, so you can go home after this and you can listen to yourselves it's not right away it doesn't load right away you guys understand how podcasts work it's like a couple days um, but then you can hear yourselves you know and that'll be you know what a treat that'll be for you you guys will feel like real stars right real stars oh you guys hey uh well, we're going to keep the show right and rolling now this next comic this is his first time on the show uh but he's a recent He's a recent L.A. transplant from Chicago. I've known him for many years. We're going to welcome him so hard because when it's somebody's first time, we go super nuts for them. Let's hear it right now from Mr. Joe Kilgallen. Guys, get up for Joe. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, keep it going for Cameron, everybody. Right? So. I always knew she was likable, but she is so likable. She told a story about super first class and everyone was still like, yeah, this is great. Like, could you imagine if you were just walking in a restaurant and you overheard someone talking about super first class? You'd be like, I hope they choke on their fucking soup. Super first class? Fuck you and your super first class. That's like for Bruce Wayne. Who the fuck sits in super first class? But as Cameron was saying, I'm like, God, this is great. I'm glad she had a good trip, you know? I was really happy for her. It's nice. Um, yeah, you guys are cool, so I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, what the Supreme Court did yesterday. I think... So this company, Hobby Lobby, they didn't want to give birth control or, more, or support the morning after pill, but they have no problem covering uh, erectile dysfunction pills, Viagra. That was cool. And then they say they use religious purposes. Now, I don't care if you're religious. You're fucking wrong in this issue, by the way. But <laughs> I just think they think if you get pregnant, you're supposed to have that child. Uh, how about the other side of it? If you can't get hard anymore, you can't get hard anymore. How about that? Your boners are in defiance of God. How about that? Let's just... And I always hear these assholes... Hi, you can explain that to her later. That's nice. Um, I know you get it. You're very smart. Um, you're smarter than... I know you are. All right, now I feel awkward now, and it's just weird. I'm sorry. I, I me too. You, you guys know. All right, great. Well, how's this side of the room? We good? Okay. All right. <laughs> I just don't like, and 4th of July is coming up, and you know, we all have Facebook friends where we're just like, 
I wish it was, can I just not be Facebook friends with these people that I knew in eighth grade? Do I have to? Because it's just, you, you find out where it's like, oh, he was just some kid that was just a little weird, and now it's like, oh, he's just a hate monger. That's a weird thing. But I noticed they always refer to, the people who are the most hateful always refer to America as a woman. That needs to stop. They'll call America a her. No more, okay? Because if America is a woman, she hates other women. You're right? That's just not, I don't like that. America is clearly, because... You know, I, I, I like women, so I think we treat women like shit in this country. And then to refer to the country that treats women like shit as a her is ridiculous. Is Saudi Arabia a queen? No, it's fucking a horrible place. All right, and, and you know I'm right about that. Some of you are a little liberal, and you're like, oh, that's a country, not this one. Should we laugh at that? But it's, I mean, you know I'm right. You know I'm right. It's a bad place. I just don't... America's clearly a dude that, instead of a good shower, uses Axe body spray. That's how America is. And it's got to stop. I don't like the references. So I recently got married, everybody. <laughs> that was another... I had a big year. I moved to L.A. I'm liking L.A. It's uh, different than Chicago, but I like it here. I'm not gonna, a lot of people rag on L.A. I don't see the reason to do that. Um, I came here with my wife. She's great. I, I really i am liking this marriage. I, uh, I give it eight years. I think eight years will be a good run. <laughs> don't scoff at that. That's two full terms. That is two full terms. That is good enough for our government, good enough for my marriage. That's how I view it. I figure at the four-year mark, we'll look at how each other are doing in the primaries, and we'll see if we want to re-up. You know, I think that's a good, that should be the move, you know? She's great, though. Uh, we went to Hawaii for our honeymoon. Anyone here ever been to Hawaii? A few people? The rest of you are poor? That's cool. Hey. It's, it's all right, you know? We'll, you'll get there. Hawaii's amazing. You, you owe it to yourself to go. Everyone owes it to themselves to go to Hawaii, because it really is the paradise it's cracked up to be. It's beautiful. You know, we would all be different people if we grew up in Hawaii. Because there's no excuse for being an asshole if you're surrounded by that kind of beauty. I can't imagine domestic abuse exists in the state of Hawaii. Like, I can't picture a world where a Hawaiian guy comes home, kicks his door, and be like, what the fuck's for dinner, huh? Fresh pineapple and rum? That's awesome. Why would I be upset about that? <laughs> every day? I'm fine with that. That's a great combo. Let's do that every night. I'm cool with that, babe. Let's go to the beach and watch dolphins fuck. Let's do that next. We live here. <laughs> dolphins are amazing, huh? I love dolphins. Everyone loves dolphins. It's like the one creature where, like, the toughest man in the world would still be like, oh, my God, it's a dolphin. Like, you just freak out. They're just so majestic, you know? I would love to watch dolphins make love. That'd be, that'd be like, something to behold, you know? I gotta imagine a dolphin's dick is fantastic. The rest of them looks great, you know? They're majestic. We were on a boat, and 40 wild dolphins came up to the boat. I'm not even kidding you. It was just a ton of dolphins. They like the wake, so they'll just come up and stuff like that. And so we stopped the boat to kind of, like, hang out with these dolphins. And dolphins like to have a good, a good time. They're like the Weisenheimers of the sea. You know, they just like to have fun. The problem is I'm kind of a crazy Irish short temper type of guy. So I'm, like, waving, hey, dolphin. It splashes me, and then it starts laughing in my face. I'm like, hey, dick, I got a cell phone in my pocket. Why don't you watch what you're doing? Let's keep the water in the ocean, dolphin. You know? And then you got to calm yourself and realize... You're in Hawaii. It's just great, you know. Hear a lot about uh, kids and stuff like that. I want to have kids. I do. And um, I know, uh, but when I do, I want to be ready. I want to be 100% all in. Because uh, to me, there's nothing worse in the world than a scumbag father. I think deadbeat dads are the worst human beings in the world. How do you have a child and then walk out on that child, right? What if that kid becomes famous, you know? (laughs) These idiots ever think of that? Like, how dumb does Eminem's father have to feel right now? One of the greatest rappers of all time, his dad left him when he was a baby. How dumb does that guy have to feel? You know he's working in some piece of shit Michigan warehouse somewhere, hating his life, all of his friends give him a hard time every day as they should. Like, hey, Mr. Mathers, Mr. Mathers, you talked to your son recently? No? No, you haven't talked to him? All right, well, I just heard him on the radio. 
says you're a cocksucker. That's what he says. Yeah. For like eight albums in a row, he's been saying that. You didn't know the kid could rhyme when you walked out on him? Nice job. Should have read him a book, perhaps, you know? How about LeBron James's father? Whether you like him or not, LeBron James, great basketball player. His dad left him when he was 18 months old. So I've got to ask this question. How do you walk out on an 18-month-old baby that already has a size 7 shoe? How do you do that? You didn't see a future there, really? Little Bron Bron's doing windmill dunks on a play school room. You don't want to hang out for a little while, assess the situation. No one's saying stay with his mom. Just drive the kid to practice, right? There's a contract coming your way. I mean, say what you will about Michael Jackson's dad being a psycho, but at least he was there, right? Joe Jackson stuck around. He literally beat success into his children. He did. Yeah, the moonwalk did not happen by accident. And if you think about it, all of Michael Jackson's dance moves are of the defensive variety. They're all very much like, back up, Papa, you know? Leave me alone. Like, they're very much get the fuck up off me moves. Hey, you guys were a lot of fun. I'm Joe Kilgallen. You're going to love the rest of your show. Guys, Joe Kilgallen, let's hear it for Joe. You guys have been great so far. How's the show? It's a great show, yes? Everybody's been wonderful. And you've gotten a little bit used to me. So, yeah. I'll address some things. As you can tell by my haircut, I am a thundercat. (laughs) (laughs) And also a giant lesbian. Of course I am. Of course I am. Of course I am. I have a side mullet. Of course I am. (laughs) But I was walking on stage not too long ago. And before I even hit the mic, before I even hit the mic, this dude in the front row, he just yells out at me, You look like a woman that doesn't sleep with men! (laughs) He yelled that at me. Like as if I don't know. (laughs) He yelled that at me like I was going to be like, what do you mean? Is it the vest? (laughs) He yelled that at me like he thought I was raised on a gay island with a gay volleyball that never seen a straight person. Like he was going to blow my mind and open my eyes. Here's the thing. I know what I look like. (laughs) Like I didn't choose my sexuality but I did put on this outfit. (laughs) This is on purpose to attract women. (laughs) And that doesn't work as an insult if you yell that at a lesbian. You look like a woman that doesn't sleep with men. Like that's a negative thing. Here's the thing. If you're a lesbian, you don't want to sleep with men. (laughs) That's one of the biggest parts. Like, I'm not bummed about it. Every night I go home and I'm like, not tonight again! (laughs) You can't go up to a person that's a part of a minority group and yell at them a positive part of being in that minority group as if it's an insult. You can't go up to a black person and be like, I bet you don't burn in the sun! Huh? Natural sunscreen? Am I right? Gotcha! (laughs) They'd be like, what are you talking about? Oh, I should ask, are there any uh, uh, straight people here? Straight people? Yeah, clap if there's any. Are there any straight people? Okay, yeah. 
yeah, uh, don't, don't feel weird, okay? This is, a, this is a safe space, all right? Honestly, I am an ally. I'm an advocate. Uh, you know, just to be kind of real and a little bit vulnerable with you guys, um, my parents are straight. Yeah. So I've seen it. You know, I've seen a straight relationship up close, and I know there is love there. I think we can be different, and we don't have to shame each other for it. I think our differences make us better, and I can prove it to you guys with one story. I used to be on this party planning committee. And one day we're just going around this committee table, and everybody's suggesting things that they want for this party that we're planning. And I said, I think this party needs whack-a-mole. Oh, I stand by that. <laughs> yeah, that's how I want to party. I want to hit animatronic moles on the head with a mallet. But I go, I think this party needs whack-a-mole. And another lady on the committee looks at me and she goes, <laughs> Okay, I believe it's pronounced guacamole. Oh! Yes! Yes, that lady! Now, that's not what I was talking about. In fact, we saw the world in a different way. I was talking about something you find at Chuck E. Cheese. She thought I was talking about a Mexican appetizer. But here's the thing. That difference didn't make my life worse. In fact, I would say it drastically improved it. Because for a moment, I got to see the world through her eyes. Just this beautiful world. A world in which I am an adult woman who's been walking into Chipotle's for years. For years. Just going like, oh, whack-a-mole's extra? Well, how much are jalapenos? Like, that's who she thinks I am. And she also thinks nobody has ever told me. Like, do you get that part? We're in a room full of people. So that means before she speaks, there's a moment where she's like, oh, nobody's going to correct this lady. Like, in her mind, when she speaks up, she is a hero. Just like, the buck stops with me. I can sleep well tonight. I loved her for it. I loved her for it. I didn't correct her. I didn't tell her she was wrong. I just said, lady, thank you very much. <laughs> and that is how we should treat each other. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> I totally saw you lean over on that one. Were you asking about whack-a-mole? Like, do you know what it is? Or were you just like, finally, I got one. <laughs> You're, are, you having, are you guys having a great time as a family? Are you traveling here or do you live here? You're traveling? Okay, tell me what your name is. You're very brave, I believe in you. Ivy, how old are you, Ivy? You're nine. Let's hear it for Ivy. Will you be nervous? I just want to shake your hand. I think you're actually our youngest audience member we've ever had at the show. We used to get like an 11-year-old who came a lot with his dad who had a gold tooth and was like, I get what's going on there, but you have such an adorable scarf-wearing family. How did you end up here? <laughs> Ivy, are you having a good time in L.A.? Where are you guys visiting from? May I guess? San Francisco? I'm a genius. What else have you guys done since you've been here? You went swimming. You went to a pirate show, naturally. 
people try to kill each other. Yeah, sounds like L.A. <laughs> Those weren't pirates. No, they were pirates. They were pirates. I just scared her forever. They were actors. You're right. Yes. Um, well, Ivy, I think you've been doing a great job this whole show. I think you've been, like, very patient and also laughing at all the right times. And I don't mean to, like assume things too early, but I think like you're, you're gonna be a great adult because you're already nailing it at nine. Not all nine-year-olds are like great at watching stand-up comedy with lots of cursing. <laughs> and not all adults are great at sitting next to their parents during stand-up comedy shows. So I think you're doing a great job. Let's hear it for Ivy, guys. <laughs> oh, we have two more comics left. Do you guys have it in your heart for two more great comics? Now, this next comic, it is also her first time on the show, so what do we do? We go crazy. Let's hear it for right now for Lisa Best, guys. Get it up for Lisa. Hey, everybody. I was just backstage staring at a picture of pizza. That's right. That's my life now. Picture of pizza. I am so poor, you guys. Yesterday for breakfast, I had rice, okay? And then for dinner, I had rice with salt. I didn't add salt the first time so I could look forward to dinner as a strategy. That's what you get from college, Ivy. Uh, you got to be careful what security questions you choose to access your bank account. You have to be careful. Because whenever I want to see how much money I have, I have to relive the fact that my first concert was Aaron Carter. <laughs> it's like, thanks, Bank of America. We already know I make poor decisions. <laughs> thanks very much. I went engagement ring shopping with my friend, which was weird because she doesn't have a boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> She just likes rings, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm not, like, a real girl. I don't get it. Ring, they just make your hand heavy. I don't, like, a ring. It's like a metal rope just trying to suffocate my finger. It, it, it's like an interrogation. What did you last scratch? That's a ring to me. I don't, it doesn't do anything. I feel like if a guy were to ever propose to me, I would rather him give me something I could use. Like, I'd rather a guy get down on one knee and give me car insurance. <laughs> Lisa, I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Your comp and collision is now 100 k with maximum liability and a $20 deductible. With me, you are protected. <laughs> I do. I have, uh, I have a lot of uh, guy friends, because I do <laughs> this. Um, and whenever I'm in like a social setting with one of my guy friends and then introduced to one of his buddies, there's always this like awkward moment where the new guy is very uncomfortable that I am there. Like with me sitting there, they can't be men, right? Because my femininity is overwhelming. Uh, <laughs> 
So what ends up happening every time is the two guys will have a conversation, right? And whenever the new guy says something that he thinks is too edgy, he will look at me and apologize, like, throughout their converse. I don't know how to put an end to it. He'll be like, yo, Brian, dude, you should have come with us to the bar, man. Those girls were banging. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Then we went to that taco truck on Vermont. I had, like, 12 tacos in two seconds, dude. That's faster than I could bust a nut. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> then my asshole turned into a rocket launcher and I couldn't stop pooping. Sorry. Stop it. <laughs> just stop it. Like, what does he think I am possibly thinking? Like, I'm just sitting there like, as I sit here to pass the time, <laughs> I can't stop thinking. Oh, what slime. Can't they see that I am dainty? A saint, I dare say they see. For as delicate as ribbon rally straying from the kitchen, I'm a lady of class. Never mention your ass. I don't like, I don't understand. I hate men. <laughs> it's the theme of tonight's show. Um, I want to tell you about the day I learned the definition of a boner. Buckle up. Okay. I have a feeling tonight's going to be the night two people learn the definition of a boner. I was in seventh grade. I was eating lunch in the cafeteria by myself. It's fine, I'm over it, right? <laughs> Nearby, there was a boy named Dylan Green. He just transferred from an out-of-state middle school. He didn't have many friends yet. He was trying to tell all these cool stories, make himself look impressive, get himself some new pals. So he's telling this story about just the previous night, snuck into his dad's closet, stole a video, watched it, had a great night. He got a boner. Okay. Now, me, being nearby and being the sharp lady that I am, I put together the context clues to form the definition of boner to mean something that happens when you're happy. Put that in the brain bank for later. Now, fast forward two weeks, family game night. Having a great time. No one was fighting, no one was crying. It was the best family game night we had ever had, right? I looked to my mom who was laughing, brothers high-fiving, dad telling a funny story, and I was like, it's time to make a withdrawal from the brain bank. So I lock eyes with my mom and I go, I totally have a boner. I ruined family game night. I got grounded for two weeks. I couldn't go on the computer or watch TV. I had to read three books to be handed in to my parents, a book report. I had a new bedtime, which was 6 p.m. Do you know what's happening at 6 p.m.? People aren't sleeping. So now boners make me sad for two reasons. Uh, <laughs> I have... <laughs> I have a dog who I uh, love a lot. I'm going out of town soon, so my friend is going to pet sit. So today she came over, and I had to go over with her all the instructions, like everything she would need to know to take care of my dog. And in the process of doing that, it never became more clear that my life's purpose is simply to serve my dog. I was like, this is master's wet food, and this is master's dry. If master doesn't eat, servant must spoon feed master the wet. 
I took her for a walk today, but I was in a rush, so I forgot the poop bag. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but that's terrifying, right? Because you don't want anybody to see you not clean it up. And as soon as we stepped outside, this older lady decided to just strike up a relationship with me. She's like, oh, what kind of dog is that? I was like, please leave, right? And at that moment, my dog crouched down and pooped the biggest poop. Not a pile of poop, just the longest poop like a poop snake she shot out an anaconda that's what happened she saw that i didn't have a bag and she just looked at me like i just betrayed her family i thought the only thing i could have done to make that worse is if i just bent down picked it up and just like put it in my pocket not even put it in my, if i just bent down picked it up and just held on to it she's some sort of spaniel mix i don't know she's real cute though All right, thank you guys so much. That's my time. Guys, Lisa Best, one more time for Lisa. Oh, man. You guys have been so great. You've been great, even amidst this tough week, you know. Tough week for us, right? Tough week. I'm not talking about the World Cup. Oh, I mean, okay, fine, fair enough. Yeah, it's, I'm sorry. Was that hard? Okay, I apologize for the soccer feet of people. Um, I just mean, like, that is, yeah, of course, you know, or I don't mean of course, I don't, I mean... uh, Soccer is fun to watch. Okay. (laughs) That's the end of how I feel about that. That being said, if it was the Women's World Cup, I would be devastated. That's where I am on that issue. Um... What a tough week for, I think, Americans, though. I think uh, that Supreme Court ruling, who, who is, like, still floored by that? Who is still really surprised by that? Are you guys... Did, I just feel like um, I'm not sure where we're going to go from here. I feel like the... I feel like anybody being able to... Hey, uh, who's backstage? Is anybody backstage? Can you tell them to keep it down? Thank you. That's Jay Larson. He'll be coming up next. Thank you so much, Jay. Or just shut the door or something. Uh, awesome. Because you know what? Right? Right, guys? Right? We have the power right now. Liz, did you hear that? Fucking worked. <laughs> Um, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm really worried about us. I'm worried about, I'm worried about women. Uh, I'm worried about women not being, who's, I'm worried about the fact that as a country, we think that uh, religion trumps doctors. I feel like, uh, I feel like doctors should make healthcare decisions. That's what I think. Uh, so, okay, one person agrees with that. <laughs> I mean, let me, let me be real. If you have cancer, you can go to your priest, but don't, only go to your priest. <laughs> Are we agreed on that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, we need doctors. We need doctors telling us what our bodies need. Women need doctors helping them. Lots of people use uh, the pill for many different reasons. I mean, I, uh, and you would even think, oh, Cameron, do you have a horse in this race? In some ways, no. In some ways, I don't. <laughs> it turns out, not super easy for me to get accidentally pregnant. 
but still a lot of lesbians use birth control because a lot of people use birth control for other reasons to to shrink cysts or to deal with hormone imbalances or to regulate their periods and also I'm a woman and it does matter to me when people uh, are talking about whether or not like God cares about my womb get your God off my womb (laughs) (laughs) please I'm also really worried about what it means for gay people I'm really worried about what it means for gay people because I already pretty much know how (laughs) a lot of Christians feel about gays not all Christians I'm just saying the same Christians that are like no condoms are also like no wives for women no wives for women (laughs) Like many wives, if you're a man, actually. <laughs> many wives as you want. Um, and I'm worried that we live in a country where Viagra is covered, but not the pill. I think uh, that's a pretty confusing message. You should bone him as long as he's around, uh, but have the baby. That's shocking. I mean, I, I, this guy's, first of all, you're killing it. I love your response. Just a lot of low moaning, mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's what the rest of you should be doing. You're all very calm about this. Is this how calm you actually are about this? Who is fired up about this? Clap if you're actually fired up about this. Okay, that's a lot of people. These young guys in the front don't seem to give a shit. This will matter to you! Because it's not a woman's responsibility to prevent pregnancy. It is not a woman's responsibility to prevent pregnancy. It is uh, any person that is having sex, it is their responsibility to prevent pregnancy. And uh, corporations shouldn't get to have religious views. I feel like that's one of those things we agreed on a while ago. (laughs) They can have religious views, but they don't get to tell people. I guess I'm thinking about this especially in advance of Fourth of July. Because sometimes I feel like when we talk about freedom, we get a little bit confused about what that means. Like, absolutely believe whatever you want. If you do not want to be on the pill, for sure, do not be on the pill. Have as many kids that you can afford as possible. (laughs) But these people work at Hobby Lobby. And I'm not saying that that isn't the profession that some people choose. I'm just saying that, like, maybe you don't have a lot of options when you're at a rhyming place that sells glitter tubes. <laughs> like, you're not turning down a bunch of other employees like, nope, Hobby Lobby's for me. <laughs> and you should get to have coverage. That's, it's freedom for everybody to protect themselves. Freedom for everybody to take care of themselves. And I really think that that's what that means. And I think when we talk about protecting somebody's need for you to do something, that we're in a super big problem. I mean, that's the debate that's going on right now, and I really hope that we solve it in the right way. It is not, nobody has the freedom to tell you what to do. Nobody has the freedom to tell you what to do. And um, I just, the, the shock waves that are going to roll off of this decision, I hope we're okay. I mean... I hope we're okay. I hope you guys will fight uh, alongside me, standing on stage and just talking about it. That's pretty much what I'm doing so far. <laughs> Sending some tweets. <laughs> so I'm on the front lines. <laughs> um, this, is, this affects all of us. You know, there's going to be something that you do in your life that doesn't suit somebody else's beliefs. I don't, it, across the board. 
My, uh, my fiance is a strict, strict vegetarian. She is a lesbian. She is a lesbian with a very butch haircut. She is a strict vegetarian. Like, she thinks it's wrong that you eat meat. You. You bastards. And sometimes I eat feet. Yeah, meat is delicious. I understand what you're saying. Oh my God, a nine-year-old just like had her mind blown. But meat is delicious. How could you have any opposition? And uh, I, you, know, you know what I'll say, about, I'll say about her? A woman, she's a woman. She's a woman, so she deals with that. She is a butch woman, so she deals with that. She's a lesbian, so she deals with that. And she goes to restaurants, and she fucking watches you eat burgers. <laughs> she watches it. And you know what she orders? Not a burger. And you know what? That's how it should be. That's how it should be. You make your own decisions. Hey, we're going to bring up our final comic, um, and he is great. We love when he's on the show. So let's hear it right now from Mr. Jay Larson, guys. Give it up for Jay. Yes, just clap right and stop when that music stops, huh? <laughs> My wife and I just had a baby. We don't believe in birth control. I just don't think it's... <laughs> no, I do, and I, I, I appreciate that Cameron takes such a stance in her comedy. I think that's very noble. Um, that's all I'm going to say about it, so I don't think it's going to continue. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it's a new baby. And he's literally a baby. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you'd be like, do something a baby. He's a baby who's a baby. That's all. <laughs> I had a baby, then I shot a television show, then I shot a movie. I haven't been on stage in four months, so. You're seeing it. You're seeing it. <laughs> and I'm still a little disappointed in myself because on the way here, I was at a red light and there was a black gentleman in his automobile listening to Van Morrison Moondance. And I didn't take the opportunity to ask him what channel it was. And that was such a great opportunity for me to connect with a black guy doing a white thing. Because usually I'm trying to connect with the black guy doing a black thing and letting him know, like, what up, dude? I'm totally down. And this was my point being like, what's up, dude? Van Morrison? Moondance, what channel, bro? What ch and then tune in with him. I love to connect with people. I like to connect. You, sir, when you go to the grocery store, if you're using a carriage, what do you do when you're done unloading your groceries? You scoot it past what? No, no, I mean, and you're unloading at your automobile. What do you do with the carriage? And you return it? Not me. New mode. I got a new mode. You know what I do? I look for a guy getting out of his car, and I go, Hey, you going handheld or carriage today? And he's like, carriage. I'm like... You think I'm worried about whether or not he's capable of receiving that carriage? I'm not. I just know that I'm transferring energy, and he's taking a little bit of me. Connecting. <laughs> I just think you should enjoy your life, and I think that's a good opportunity to do it. You know what I mean? 
Do you guys think you enjoy life? Woo. Person who said woo, let me ask you right now. I'm a waiter. You're at a restaurant. You're going to order an Arnold Palmer. I'm going to ask you for a drink. Order an Arnold Palmer. And I'll tell you if you truly do appreciate life. Can I get you something to drink? Yeah, could I have an Arnold Palmer? You don't like life. You don't like life. <laughs> ask me. Ask me. I love an Arnold Palmer, 70-30. That's a guy who appreciates life. Now, here's the question. Here's the question. What's the 70? Nope. Get her out of here. Get her out of here. You know how much sweetness that is? Just get a lemonade. It's going to overpower that 30. It's 70-30. Iced tea lemon. Everybody know. Get it. You don't even know who you are. What's your favorite dog? Nope, nope, nope. Any dog whose back two legs don't work. That's the greatest dog in the world when they have that little, like, little hitch. They got the two wheels and they're just walking around. Happiest dog in the world. Like, look at this. Don't even have the back legs. Still living life. Still enjoying it. Mexican opsalops. I don't even know what you said. I wrote it off. Tell you who's not a huge fan of life. My oldest sister. She came out to visit. She's very intense. Very intense woman. Everything has a dark, dark thing to it. I'm the youngest of four. My sister was out visiting to see the new baby, and she goes, You know, mom told me one time I was the only one of us that was conceived out of love. <laughs> That's light. That's a light thing to hear. Everything for her. She goes, there's this new musician. She's got, a, like, a, my niece, Katie's 13. She's like, I took Katie to this concert. This girl, she's 21. She plays violin, but rock and roll. Amazing, Jay. Amazing. She can play any song. I go, that's cool. She goes, yeah. She's very cool. You know why? I go, because she plays the violin, like, amazingly? No, because when she was young, she tried to kill herself and didn't succeed, and now she speaks out on it, and we need people like that. <laughs> I was like, why does it have to take a deep, dark turn every time we talk about anything? Obviously, you guys didn't see the humor in that. <laughs> Am I the only one that every time you run out of gas on your grill, you're like, didn't I just fill this? <laughs> I'm going to give you one more example of how I like life and how I do a thing I call human math. I see humans, I think ideas that I think they're thinking, or I think of the scenario, then I test it out to see if it's real, and if it isn't, I adjust on the fly. Here's an example. I'm driving through Los Angeles with my buddy Mike. He used to be a comedian, he's not anymore, he did it for two and a half years, couldn't cut it. But, still has a sensibility, you know what I mean? You gotta know who you're dealing with, who's your audience, know that in life. It's not just about us and you. I'm not an us, I'm a me. He's there with me. We're pulling up to an intersection, and I see another guy who is a comedian that I've known for a long time, but I haven't seen in about six years. His name is Claude. His dad invented Gatorade. That comes into play a little later on. Don't even worry about it right now. As I come to the intersection, I notice that Claude has on glasses, slippers, a hat, and a cup of coffee. What does that cup of coffee tell us and the slippers? He lives nearby. Exactly. He lives nearby. This is the human math happening. He's talking to a guy. They're looking at the, across the street at a building under construction, and there's a brand new forerunner underneath the building, and they're looking and they're concerned. This is what I'm seeing. Okay? And then I think, should I say hi to him? Like, I haven't seen him in like six years. He's probably not even going to recognize me. I'm not going to. And then the light turned red. 
As it turned red in my rear view, I saw him walk behind the truck, look at the forerunner, and then look up at the building, and I was like, okay, let's test what my mind has just assessed in the last 12 seconds, okay? This is what happened. I go, hey, man, you can't park your truck there, bro. And he goes, yeah, it's not my truck, man. I go, yeah, I know, but you, you can't park it there, bro. And he goes, yeah, it's, it's not my truck, man. And I go, move your fucking truck, man. <laughs> And he goes, it's not my fucking truck, man. And I go, move your fucking truck, bro. And he goes, it's not my fucking truck, bro. And I go, Claude. Light turned green. He goes, Jay. And I drove off. <laughs> and then my buddy goes, who the hell was that? And I go, that's the heir to the Gatorade fortune. <laughs> Haven't seen him since. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great night. so funny let's hear it for jay oh you are you're right there you're right there gold tooth is here there's your kid yes yes full circle they beat you how old are you 14 i was way off five years you got beat tonight how's it feel to be dethroned you guys don't understand what's happening but i'm having a great time that's the previous youngest kid to frequent put your hands together uh, has been dethroned by Ivy. What a night. What a night. What a night. What a night. You guys have been amazing. Let's hear for everybody who's seen tonight. What a show that was. Keep it going. Keep it going for everybody who's seen tonight. That's the end of the show. We're every Tuesday night. I'm Cameron Esposito. Thank you guys so much for coming. Have a great rest of your night. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.